Hey, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And I am Chip Chantry. Hi, Ken. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Uh, I'm. Are you ready? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you ready to talk about a Canadian? <laughs> when when am I not ready to talk about a Canadian? Have, I'm trying to think. How many Canadian artists have we covered? Have we covered any? Um, I I don't think we have. I, I'm trying. Like we we didn't do Rush. We talked about the tragically hip with um oh uh, with Ashley Banfield with Ashley Banfield who who is a Canadian yeah so like we did have a Canadian guest but this might be our first Canadian artist I think right yeah yeah I mean we did that we uh, we did that series on Brian Adams no no that, we didn't that, that was my that was my other podcast <laughs> that, that was your other rock podcast yeah. Uh, speaking of Canadians, we have a we have a very special guest today who's not from Canada. <laughs> uh, would you like me to introduce him? Introduce our guest already. Uh, he hails from the nation just south of Canada, the United States. He is a stand-up comedian, an author, and illustrator, and so much more. He's recording his stand-up special at Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. On what day of the week is it? Wednesday, Wednesday, September September 28th, 28th, Wednesday, 8 p.m., 8 p.m., Wednesday, September 28th in Philadelphia, Helium Comedy Club. His name is Doogie Horner, and he's one of my best buds. Doogie, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Chip, and thanks for introducing me as one of your best buds. It means a lot to me. I appreciate it. I'd say that about all of our guests, some of which I've just met. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, but Doogie and I go way back, uh, almost as far back actually not nearly as far back as our topic does this week he stretches back through the decades of rock and roll and folk and popular music yeah i were talking about neil young today yeah uh doogie you we had asked you to do the show you had suggested uh, one of the people that you suggested was neil young Mm -hmm. tell us about your personal relationship with the man and his music we were roommates for about five years he was an awful roommate he would always pick the shrimp out of my leftover chinese food yeah he's always banging around on a guitar in his room i was like keep it down i had no clue he was like some kind of rock god i thought he was just this guy with strange habits yeah i was like your guitar is all distorted your songs are too long you're never gonna make it i had no clue yeah he had a long career i feel like that wasn't neil young you were Rooming with the legendary Wid. Oh. Yeah, that's who it was. The legendary <laughs> Wid. Uh, uh, no, I had never. So classic rock is a big blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. I uh, I spent most of my li- life listening to like ja- hot jazz from the 20s and 30s and then ska. I, I never listened to any popular music. And so I only started listening to Neil Young like a year ago. I started over the pandemic. Really? Yeah. And I had heard his popular songs like Cinnamon Girl or things like that. And I kind of didn't like them. But the first album that hooked me on Neil Young was On the Beach, which is one of his Ditch Trilogy albums. And it's less hooky. And I, I really loved that album. And so that's what got me into him. And then I started listening to the other other stuff around there, kind of like... um zuma and um that that was my entry point for neil young yeah kenneth um my i don't i I don't remember my exact entry point um i i feel like it was 
I feel like it was probably harvest, you know, like just going through. I remember my brother had uh, on CD and I would always raid his collection. He had uh, harvest after the gold rush. And everyone knows this is nowhere, which uh, I think were like his second, third and fourth album or something like that. And um, so I guess that's. That's where I came in. The album after the gold rush was the one that did it for me. That was the one that yeah. made me want to go explore everything else. Yeah. Um, well, let's explore, Ken. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about it, because this he, he's one of he's one of the most prolific artists in rock history. I feel Dude, he's like. got so many albums. He's still releasing stuff. He would record albums and not release them. Like he just released Homegrown, which was an album he recorded uh, back in the 70s. Yeah. And he just didn't feel like releasing. He thought it was, I read he thought it was too personal. He'd recorded it right after he broke up with Snodgrass. Yeah, that Carrie, Carrie Snodgrass. Beautiful woman, ugly name. And <laughs> he thought that the album Homegrown was too personal. Um, that it put him out there too much. And so he played it for friends and they said it was great, but he was like, I don't feel comfortable releasing it. So he just released that one. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that. Cause I actually was in, in doing research for this. I was, um, I read an old Rolling Stone interview with him right after he recorded homegrown. And, uh, he was even saying in the interview like, oh, this album feels too personal. Uh, I think I'm just going to shelf it and maybe I'll release it someday. In 2022, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And this this was an Called it. Yeah. This was an interview from like, you know, 1978 or something. But he 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 always seemed like he had that level of self-awareness. He said he had a listening party where he played. Um, homegrown, and then I think it was like on the beach, which was the follow-up to Harvest. He recorded them both at the same time, and everybody was like, oh, we like homegrown better. So then he released on the beach. <laughs> which one do you guys like? All right, I'm not releasing that one. You guys don't know what you're talking about. He, um, he also like people for like, he was, uh, He's been in so many bands. He he he's got like I was just looking today. He's he's got something like forty one studio albums, either solo or with Crazy Horse. Uh, then also Buffalo Springfield, and uh, you know Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. And he's also one of those guys too. That Forrest Gump situation where he's he was in a band with everybody at some point. I feel like in 66, he was in the minor birds with Rick James, with yeah. Rick James. Like he and Rick James were in a band together. Wow. Like it's just, he, he hit everything. Actually, one of my favorite stories was, I guess it was, is it Bruce Palmer who was then in, I guess, Buffalo Springfield, right? Was he bass player? I think. And, but he was in the minor birds. So they're in this band, I guess in Canada called the minor birds in the mid sixties with Rick James Rick James is then arrested for going AWOL from the Naval Reserves. Mm -hmm. So he's arrested and basically the band is breaking up. And then this dude, Bruce Palmer, 
pawned the band's equipment to buy a Pontiac hearse. He buys a hearse. And that's what he and Neil Young, and I don't know if anybody else, but I think the two of them use to drive from Canada down to Los Angeles. Like, what a way, what an introduction to America. We're going to sell our equipment, buy a hearse, drive to L.A. They're like the Munsters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and they would use they would use the hearse to get to and from gigs. So like a hearse would pull up in front of the venue and then they would just start sliding the equipment out on yeah. on that, you know, on the tray that the uh I guess that you load the body into. Yeah. All the because of all their cables and guitars were inside caskets also. <laughs> <laughs> and then like just one night, they just pull one out and it's screaming Jay Hawkins. Like, like, <laughs> screaming Jay, how'd you get in? I put a spell on you because you're mine. Uh, he was also in, I'm not saying Neil Young was in the Monkees, but he recorded some studio music for the Monkees. Some of that was used in the movie Head, which of course was like the big, you know, big flop. But I, I just watched, not to get too off topic, but have you ever seen the, the Monkees movie Head? No, have either of you seen? I've, it's it's it's, it's a little uh, it's a little too trippy for me. Like I can't pay attention to it for long stretches. But I, I've seen bits and pieces. I just watched it for the first time ever the other day, and it was. I feel like I followed it way more than I. I was just told it was this like trippy LSD dream, and it's basically just a series of sketches. One sort of leads into the other, you know, w- without a laugh track, and it's definitely a lot more serious. But it's just bizarre. But I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. But Neil Young apparently contributed a bunch of music to that. Huh. He, he and Mike Nesmith were friends from back in, when he first moved to L.A. I know he was friends with the guy from Devo. And that's where he got the title Russ Never Sleeps. Yeah. Because the one guy in Devo was a graphic designer. And he said he always liked the Rust-Oleum slogan, Russ Never Sleeps. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He, he made a movie. He actually made Neil Young financed a movie uh, and Devo plays in it. There's there's there is a there, you can find it on YouTube. I think we talked about it when we talked about Devo, but there's like a 10 minute clip of uh, Hey, Hey, My, My with Neil Young on guitar and Devo as the backing band. And um Devo, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh's in that rubber, like bougie boy mask. I have no idea how he's able to sing through it, but he yeah. he sings the entire song. And, and Neil Young is clearly coked to the gills and uh, just thrashing on the guitar for 10 straight minutes. And it's uh, it's incredible. Like, I, I watch it a lot. Um, so, OK, Crosby, Sills, Nash and Young. Buffalo Springfield, Rick James, the Monkees, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was in Footloose with John Lithgow. <laughs> Devo, like Pearl Jam in later years, but it's, like he is he's got his like his footprint in so many different pieces of, of you know. And I guess that was a little bit more of the thing back in the 60s and 70s, but I mean he was everywhere. Well, he just I I was reading an interview with him and they were talking about like why he's so prolific and he he just he loves music. He said he just he still never lost any of his love for it and that's why he's tried so many different things. Not 
not to be shocking or weird, but I think because he's like in the truest sense of the word, an artist who who's trying to uh, convey whatever he's feeling right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Which is why he might record a country album and then follow it up with uh, an experimental techno album. Yeah. Um, I'm working my way right now through his yeah lesser known albums mm-hmm. that I'd never heard of before. And yeah, I listened to that. I've only found one album that I thought was legitimately bad that I couldn't listen to. And it was that country album. You know, the cover is his back and he's like walking away from you into like a field and it's like country 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 yeah um i can't remember the title but that's the only album i found so far that was unlistenable i thought oh old old ways yeah i thought that was i just couldn't well he he actually got sued by david geffen so he 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 has uh he was on the warner brothers offshoot reprise records for his solo work Mm -hmm. and that's where he released um, everybody knows this is nowhere after the gold rush and then harvest harvest launches him into yeah. superstardom. And I think that's right around when, uh, Crosby stills Nash and young is huge. So he he's catapulted in the superstar. He gets a number one single off that album. I can't remember if it was, um, it was either old man or heart of gold, but one of those songs went to number one. And um, he said after the album that that album was so successful because it was very middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of trying to to make an album that he thought everybody would like. And he did. Um, but then he, he claimed that uh, and this is what I thought was so interesting. He claimed that he he realized he didn't necessarily want to appeal to everybody. He said the middle of the road was very safe and boring. And Which I think is, is really interesting because like, I feel like over the last couple of years, be, you know, like leading before the pandemic, like I had a lot of success. A lot of people were getting to know who I was. Yeah. And then I was like, let me start this podcast. I have the same Krantz. I have the same problem all the time. Because I, I want to appeal to as few people as possible. This album I'm going to record next week. I probably won't release it. Yeah. I'm probably just going to put it in the vault. Yeah. I've done it's that. About, it's mostly I'm, about Carrie Snodgrass. Right? You hit, yeah. Yeah. Keep on searching for a joke about Carrie. Yeah. yeah. It's too personal, I think. <laughs> and I'm getting old. How many people do you think say the joke to Neil Young? Now that he's old, are you going to change your name to Neil Old? How often do you think that happens to him? And how mad do you think he gets? Like Stephen Stills just does it every, like calls him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Neil Young, or should I call you Neil, Neil old? old? Anyways, it's me, David Crosby. Can you buy me a new sailboat? <laughs> um, Can you buy me a new kidney? <laughs> um, so then he did the Ditch Trilogy. Yeah, and you, right? know, why, you know why it's called... The Ditch Trilogy, I just found this out. Yeah, because he said the middle of the road was boring, so I headed for the ditch. Yeah. He was like, "You, it, it's a rougher road, but you meet more interesting people. Mm-hmm. Ditch um, people. Yeah. That's the full quote. <laughs> He's like, ditch people, you know, ditch diggers, uh, <sighs> construction workers, convicts. Sure, yeah. Wild parsnip hunters. That's the mm-hmm. full quote, and people don't know that. 
Well, it's taken out of context a lot. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so then when he signed with Geffen Records, he starts making this he starts making this experimental music that I guess was what he was into at the time. Like he does that album Trans. Were, were, yeah. were you able, do you like that? Were you able to get through? I was actually able to get that. I like he did. Yeah. So it's like, is that transistor or is it just called trans? Tran, it's just called trans. I liked it. I liked, um, I mean, Transformer Man, which everybody says sucks so bad. I kind of like Transformer Man. And then he has that electronic version of Mr. Soul. Yeah. Which I like a lot. I mean, I may be more receptive to the album because I heard the background was that he did it because his one son, well, two of his kids have diseases or Cere- disorders, Yeah, they right? both have cerebral, cerebral palsy. Yeah. And so his one son either had to talk through a computer or it was hard to understand him. Like he had to talk through some weird th- like device. System, device. Yeah. And so that's why he used a vocoder. That's what I heard. Yeah. Did you hear that? I've heard I've heard that. And then um, he also I was reading in an interview with him where he said that I thought this was funny. He was like, you know, I was on an elevator one day and I was just looking at all these digital numbers and this machine is taking us to different levels of this uh, skyscraper. He was like, "And, and I realized that computers and robots are taking over. And it's like. I just thought it was funny that elevators is yeah. is the technology that made him think like when they replaced the stair, yeah. it was all over. <laughs> I, I heard that he was just trying to piss off Peter Frampton. He's like, <laughs> I'm gonna take this asshole's lightning talking into a tube. Yeah. But he does um he does that album trans. It's it's commercially a failure, it's critically a failure at the time, <laughs> although I think Time has been kinder to it. I think it's kind of seen as like a cult classic now. Um, he followed that up with like a 25-minute rockabilly album. Uh, and That then, everybody's rocking? Yeah. Everybody's he rocking. He did that as a fuck you to them, right? Because they were pissed. Geffen was pissed. And they said, we hired you because we thought you were going to do rock and roll like you used to do. These, this is not rock. And so then he put that out, out that album called Everybody's Rockin'. Yeah. But it's like oldies rock. It's like doo-wop. Yeah, it's 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 rockabilly. It's not if yeah. you like if you like rockabilly, it's not bad at all. I don't think I don't think it was necessarily a fuck you because I was listening to um I was listening to uh nineteen seventy live recording of Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And they played the song Wondering, which is on Everybody's Rocking, which came out 13 or 14 years later. Yeah. And he said, uh, we haven't recorded it yet, but this is going to be on the next Crazy Horse album. And then they played it. So he clearly had a love of rockabilly. Yeah, I think with that album, he likes the music, but it also seems a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he'd do a whole album just as a joke. I mean, it's kind of like Self-Portrait, the the Bob Dylan yeah. album, where you can hear him on that album actually trying to make good music. And I think he really liked it. But at the same time, the point of Self-Portrait supposedly was he was trying to lose a lot of the audience that he had gained 
that were with him for the protest songs by doing weird shit. But at the same time, it's still, you know, it's a, I mean, it's not a total joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think so. I, um, he ends up getting sued by his record label. Like David Geffen takes him to court for making commercially unviable albums, <laughs> which is, uh, which I, I mean, it's it, imagine Ken. Imagine like doing a weekend at Laugh It Up Poughkeepsie, and then coming home and like being served from a lawyer that you're trying to alienate the crowd. Like, how much of a slap in the face would that be? Do you know what I mean? They're like, like, this is how bad you are. It's a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's illegal how bad this music. Yes. Is. <laughs> yeah. Like we we want to be compensated for how much you stink. Yeah. <laughs> um but it's uh it is it is kind of like I don't know what was he just trying to be an artist and and stretch you know stretching and seeing what he had in him or or was he does seem he does he does strike me as the kind of dude that could be like hey fuck you David Gavin I'm going to I'm going to put out this yeah. shit just to uh, just to annoy you, and I don't care what it sells. Yeah. He seemed like he was experimenting. I mean, during that period, I mean, Bob Dylan did the same thing during the 80s. I feel like a lot of those guys that were big in the 60s, when rap got popular in the 80s, they were kind of like, oh, man, we're not really relevant. When punk and rap and all these other new kinds of music came out, I think they 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 didn't feel relevant anymore. And so maybe they were searching for relevancy, but I wonder if they also felt a sense of freedom because they're like, well, we're not the most popular thing anymore. We're not huge. So now we almost have the license to try different things. We don't have to worry about disappointing people because nobody's watching anymore. Right. At least not as many people. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, think that was part of I it. I think it was, was it, was it, uh, God, who was it? I think it was Pete Townsend who said it. And I forget who he was responding to, but like when rap was becoming a thing, it was it was another rock star and was like, I don't understand this like rap stuff. It does. I don't get it. And then I think it was Pete Townsend was like, it's not our job to get it. It's our job to get out of the way and let it happen and let younger people figure it out. And like, so I think there is a freedom to that, too. But you see that like you you figure like in the 80s, music changed so much. And it was that class, like you said, that class of the guys of the 60s into the 70s that like. You know, Pink Floyd was kind of over by that point. Uh, you know, I feel like the Rolling Stones kind of had like after like the very early 80s, they were, you know, kind of. Yeah, they, they, they sort of had like a wandering in the desert period. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it's like the, the, the all these artists came up in the 60s, were super prolific, became megastars in the 70s. And then it was time for them to move on or figure something out, maybe get clean and, uh, you know, kind of have a hangover decade from from the last 20 years. It's weird, though, because almost all those guys have had comebacks, you know, in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. Ken? I wonder if it's just uh, pure nostalgia. Answer. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's nostalgia. And I think it because it goes in, in cycles, too, where it's yeah. like, you know, it's uh, like I'm trying to think of an example now, but it's like when a band is five years out of favor, 
nobody wants to hear from them. But when they're 15 years out of favor, it's like, right. oh, yeah, oh, I, I like those guys. I want to hear them again. Yeah. Super I'm, dragons. I'm, I'm ready for this again. I <laughs> Divine Thing. Can we listen to Divine Thing, please? <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of asking questions, I did. If you guys don't mind, I put together, I researched uh, and did a little pop quiz. Do, do you guys want to do like a rapid fire quiz? Sure. All right. So, yes. um, Ken, we'll start with you. If you don't get it, we'll defer to Doogie for the first question. Then Doogie gets the second question. We go from there. Roger. Okay. This is called Neil or Angus. Neil or Angus. Okay. You got to tell me which young it is. Okay. <laughs> which young it is, Neil or Angus. Starting with you, Ken. Okay. Real quickly, you got to do as fast as you can. Uh, this guy is the lead guitarist for the uh, Australian group ACDC. Angus. Okay. Uh, this gentleman was in the super group Crosby, Sills, Nash & Young. Young. Which young? Neil. <laughs> yes. All right. I only did two questions. Okay. I didn't. I should have done more. I, you guys both got them right. I think that's good. I, it would have probably been better if I did a lot more questions about their lives. But No, that was good. I just did two. That was the perfect length. Okay, good. <laughs> have you, either of you ever seen him live? Okay, I was thinking about this. I went about 10 years ago to uh, like Wachovia Center in Philly to see him with my buddy who was like more of a fan. And like I was always kind of I always knew Neil Young's like hits. I knew Crosby, Stills and Nash. I, I never dug real deep into him. But uh, the reason I specifically went to this show was Wilco was opening for Neil Young and I'm a huge Wilco fan. Mm -hmm. So I really went for Wilco. And then it was like Neil Young's that, you know, the icing on the cake. So it's funny to go for the opener. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not taking anything away from Neil Young. Uh, I, I remember where we were sitting in the arena. I don't remember anything about the show. Wow. I can't, and like, I don't remember much about Wilco that night either. I was, I don't think I was that drunk or anything. I just, for whatever reason, I remember liking it, but I have, I have zero recollection of what happened. Oh man. Yeah. Have you ever seen Neil Young? I've seen so I've seen him a bunch of times. I actually saw I've seen him in several incarnations. I, I saw at Sleepaway Camp when I was like twelve. They took us to see Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. What? Wow! When they they did Great uh, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, they used to take us to concerts once or twice. I saw Huey Lewis through this camp. What? But yeah. Um. You but, got a rock and roll. Was this school of rock? Camp? No, it was just a regular Jew sleepaway camp that they would oh. they would take you on these field trips. And um, did you get did you did they take you to to an island with like <laughs> like Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and this guy, Jeff? Were you like, it was just a you, normal sleepaway were, camp. Were just Jeff Bezos normal. was there. Was just, that, that kind of. That, that kind of camp, Ken? I, I don't know. I feel like this is. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember much of, about the plane ride. Um, that's the best. That's that's the best way to be. <laughs> um, so I saw them like a, I, when they did that American Dream album. But that album, I don't I don't remember it. Like, I don't I don't remember being blown away. But yeah, I, I saw him with uh, Crazy Horse. And they, they say that that was like the precursor to uh grunge yeah which which That's what everybody I, says i mean cowgirl in the sand kind of sounds like grunge to me just in that there's no soloing yeah or the way he solos reminds me of how kurt cobain solos mm -hmm. where he's just like playing one note yep over and over again or you're like is that two note is that one note Cin cinnamon girl always sounded uh grungy to me yeah. also 
So I saw I saw him with Crazy Horse. That was amazing. Then I saw him on that Harvest Moon tour where it was just him. It was just him with like some songs on the piano and other songs on a guitar. And that was amazing. And that, that's kind of my favorite flavor of a, a lot of artists, but Neil Young, I, I love him on just a piano, like just him solo with one thing. I think he can do a lot with that. And I'm, I, I don't dislike the band stuff and the, the more rocking stuff, but just, you, you know, like after the gold rush, like just to hear that on a piano, I, I could, that might be my favorite song. Yeah. I really like the album comes the time mm-hmm. that was later than harvest. And it's, kind of sounds similar and i guess a lot of the tunes aren't as catchy but i feel like it's a easier album to listen to over and over and over and you don't get sick of it mm-hmm. i have to go back and listen to that one yeah it's he's, not he's got so many you like you think you've got way. a handle on his catalog and then yeah. i was flipping through it and i was like no way there's 10 to 15 albums i've never even heard of yeah, yeah. sleeps with angels i'd never heard of that one I listened to it recently. It's, I think it's from the nineties. I think he did it right after Kurt Cobain killed himself. And I think some of the songs are about that. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, what, what happened? Something happened to Kurt. Oh, you didn't hear. Uh, we were actually going to do this on our next episode. Ken <laughs> finds out. <laughs> so let's talk about Nirvana. They haven't released anything in a while. Ooh, Ken. Nah. Um, but the cover of the album looks like super 90s, like awful. Um, but it's a really great album. And I've never heard of it. Nobody talks about it. Let yeah, me see. The cover I looks can... like awful. It's like it's like t- a fake typewriter. It's like a layer. Yeah, it's like a it's like the cover of a Bush album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not a compliment. I know compliments, and that's not a compliment. Yeah, that's not it's not a compliment. Um I saw him a third time at Madison Square Garden, and I have a cousin, my cousin Frank, who is Neil Young, is his all-time favorite artist, and uh, he was so excited to see he was playing the Garden. He he bought me and him, and he bought his son. He bought the three of us tickets on the floor to see wow. Neil Young at the Garden. And the concert was announced pretty quickly. It was like sort of out of nowhere. And it was like tickets went on sale and the show was in like two or three weeks. Hmm. And, you know, he sold out the Garden, of course. This had to, this was 20 years ago. Him and, yeah, him and Dane Cook. Yeah, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. And um, we were so excited. My cousin would call me every day just singing a different Neil Young song into the phone <laughs> to get me excited for it. And we got there and, you know, like you, you know how excited you get closer to the show. And we we bumped into a good friend of mine and we were like, oh, my God, we're so excited. We can't. We got floor seats. This is going to be amazing. Can't wait. And he's and my friend goes, yeah, it's a shame. I guess you haven't heard. And we were like, heard what? I was like, what is the show canceled? Like, did what happened? He says he's performing his entire new album beginning to end. And it's a rock opera about the environment. Oh, no. Oh, was oh. it Greenfield? It was, gr- yeah, Greenfield or Greendale. Yeah. Greendale. And um, Green Day. Green Day. 
Dookie. When, when I come around. Yeah. Fast when and the I come around. Yeah. I would have uh I would have much preferred to see Green Day doing Dookie than seeing <laughs> Neil Young doing Greendale. First off, the album hadn't even been released. So it's yeah. not even like it, it's not even like, oh, I heard that one song. You know, I I heard the song that they're playing on the radio. It was just front to back in order, his new rock opera about the environment and there it's, was, it's the it's the most that the madison square garden has ever had their bathrooms used <laughs> <laughs> like it was literally just people went to the bathroom the entire time and then you're like you know he's gonna encore and play a couple good songs so it's like sure. you're held hostage because i was like two two songs into it i was like frank what the f- let's leave what the yeah. fuck is this and it was like, it was kind of like a musical, like there was actors on stage kind of oh, singing no. and dancing out the parts. It was, um, I don't even know what it was the equivalent of. I guess it was like, uh, like that dude in the crying game, finding out that the lady's not a lady. Like that, it was right. like, like that like level you're, you're of, duped. yeah. Right. I was it's like, It's like oh. going to see Weird Al and he goes, tonight? No parodies. I'm doing the originals. <laughs> Only serious. Songs. I'm bad. I'm bad. You know it. You know. You're not. You're fat. Mm-mm. Not tonight. That sounds like a terrible show. Uh, by the way, remember Doogie Horner at Helium Comedy Club on September 28th. Don't forget, folks. I'm going to be doing my new rock opera album in its entirety. I actually will be doing my new album in its entirety. <laughs> That's the difference for a comedian. You want them to do yeah, their that's new what album you in its entirety that you haven't heard before. Um, it was it was so terrible. Was the last time I saw Neil Young. I was like, I don't, I didn't even pay for the ticket, and I I was I I, I was I want my like I felt weird asking my cousin like, can you give me the money for give the me ticket some money for the evening that you bought me? <laughs> did he do an encore and did he do some? He did, yeah, he he comes out and he does three songs. You know, and they were like hits. I don't even remember what they were. I, I remember. Uh, I don't even remember what they were. But and then just as you're like, holy shit, this is what I came for. Lights on. Everybody go home. Yeah. Uh, Neil Young, if you're listening. By the way, I heard this story. I don't know if, if you guys know any more about this or, or why. Uh, you could you could say the gentleman's cant- cantankerous. Yeah. But in. So they famously did Woodstock. It was like one of CSMY's first gigs, I think. It was was their their second. second It was the second gig. Second gig. So they did, I guess, an acoustic set and, uh, you know, more of an electric thing. Apparently, Neil Young did not appear on most of the uh, most of the acoustic set on stage. He wasn't there. And then he refused to be filmed while like even during like the rocking stuff and he was he was apparently quoting saying to the camera guys he's like if one of you fucking guys comes near me i'm gonna fucking hit you with my guitar do you guys have any idea i tried to look up what like why he did not want to be associated with this i he just I, in a mood i i don't know i had heard that but i i i have no idea why yeah. i heard about that too and i think it was just because they were shooting a film and they're like we own this footage and we can edit it and do whatever we want with it. Yeah. And I think maybe they weren't going to get paid for it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I heard that too. Yeah. But still to be, it's just so funny to think of this hippie, like 
which I, I think is, I, you know, if you think about it, it's fairly progressive. The, the, the guys who ran Woodstock did not allow any of those people, any of the fans to have their cell phones with them. If you watch, there's no self, nobody has their cell phones in that entire, throughout that entire day. You look at any photos of Woodstock, any video footage, nobody's got their cell phones. People just living in the moment, covered in mud, mm -hmm. having unprotected sex yep. and taking dangerous amounts of acid. Yes, but not a not an iPhone to be seen. No. Don't you love when people are like, Oh, like, like, they'll, like, oh, kids today and their gadget, like, oh, their iPhones, like, all I needed was my imagination. And you're like, yeah, because that's all you had in the 50s. It's like they yeah. made, there was like two toys. You can get like a slinky or like polio. Like, those were the only two things. <laughs> <laughs> those were the only two things you can get. If, if someone had handed you a fucking iPad in the 50s, you would have been like, holy shit, I'm going to spend the day on this. Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking of polio, uh, Neil Young had it. What? Which I think is interesting. Oh, yeah. I did, did he really? That. He had polio when he was a little kid and like kind of, I guess, overcame it or wow. survived. I don't know how. And I don't know if there was any like lasting effects of it. But yeah, he uh, he had it in when he was a little kid. You know, you know, the story about the last waltz. You know, the I mean, the, I know the last waltz, but the, yeah. the band, you know, the band's documentary yeah. of their last ever show their last waltz their last waltz uh it it got delayed because there is uh the release was delayed while they tried to figure out whether or not to leave the footage of neil young in. he had a he had a giant uh coke rock oh in his in his nostril that I is, heard that story. I, I forgot that it was Neil Young that that was attributed to. Yeah, it's it's very very visible. Um, Neil Young said uh, in an interview he wasn't proud of it and he 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 didn't think he didn't think they should leave it in. Robbie Robertson of the band said uh, the way you kind of. The way you are is kind of like what the whole movie's about. If you keep on doing this, you're going to die. So we're going to stop doing it. <laughs> so I guess that uh, that little rock of coke represented <laughs> everything that Robbie <laughs> Robertson was trying to convey. Yeah. So, so they left it in. I was also surprised to find out like uh, – like this dude that wrote Ohio about the Kent State shootings mm -hmm. and hated Nixon so much ends up uh, like stumping for Reagan, like yeah. ends ends up a like total Reagan supporter. I didn't know that. Yeah. What was uh, his logic? What did he say that he liked about Reagan? Uh, here's what he liked. Uh, he was very disillusioned with Jimmy Carter. On a political level, I don't think we ever should have given back the Panama Canal. I just have a gut feeling that that was a huge mistake made out of guilt, not out of reasoning. He was going to make up for all the bad things he'd done in the world by giving back the Panama Canal. I also think it was wrong to have let the armed forces deteriorate to a point where our strength was less than it had been when other superpowers were growing. So he, he liked that Reagan wanted to build up the military again. Um, he says, I'm Did not anybody a hawk. like Jimmy Carter. Do you know what I mean? Did anybody like him? People seem to like him now. Like now that he's yeah. Oh, yeah. like a hundred and still doing nice things for people. 
Mm-hmm. But a lot of the things he did at the time were good, but then he did it and everybody was like, ah. Yeah, people, people weren't buying it. We I think like he was it. also honest. Like, he's like, yeah, America's not the best. We've kind of fucked up. We need to rethink our ourselves. And then four years later, Reagan comes in, starts something. He's like, no, we're number one. We're the best. And yeah. that's what everybody wants to hear. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it was weird. He, uh, so he, he was totally in the Reagan, but hated Bush who followed. Yeah. Um, and like, he like wanted to impeach him. Did he have a song impeach the president or there was something that, yeah, like he was super anti, like he figured it out. And maybe that's also his like eighties, uh, wandering era. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Reagan's in power. Let's just fuck around for a while. I can do this. Um, he has a really good version of Ohio on the times. He did this solo acoustic album a couple years ago called the times. And he does a version of the times or they are a change in, and then some other stuff. I think a new song, I think he did like a protest song about George W. Um, the album's okay. It's mixed kind of weird. You can tell he just like, it seems like he recorded it with all the care of a podcast. Like he just put one <laughs> mic in the room and did it. But for Ohio, it actually works. It's just him on a guitar singing and it's so powerful. Yeah. Because it's just him and because it's not even recorded well, but it still uh, really hits you. Yeah, it's raw. Um, yeah. So that's a great recording of Ohio. I like it. I'll have to, I'll have to listen to that. He... um. He hated both Bushes. Uh, hated him and Trump got into him and Trump got into like a lot of back and forths. Really? Over yeah. was yeah. Neil Young on The Apprentice or something? <laughs> How funny would that be? I think they knew each other. They. It's this is this is funny. Uh, well, Trump. I'm reading I'm reading interviews from before he Trump is was an enormous Neil Young fan. Um, and, uh, he was playing keep on rocking in the free world at his rallies and, uh, Neil Young sent him a cease and desist. Um, please stop rocking in the free world. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, well, uh, ironically, not because he didn't want his music associated with Trump or the GOP. It was because Trump didn't license it. So he was Classic. like, you you can keep rocking in the free world, but you got to pay me. <laughs> um, and uh, so then so then Trump got very, uh, very pissy about it. I, he got I, mad just because he had to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's hard to believe. But tra- apparently this fella doesn't like paying for things. Wow. And um it's it's funny because I, I so I'm reading I'm reading an interview with Trump before he ever ran and somehow Neil Young came up and he was like, oh, yeah, he's one of my favorites. I've seen him in concert so many times. I love his music. And uh, but then they did that thing, like when they asked him his favorite Bible verse. Remember, yeah. and then he like he couldn't name one. Right. And uh, they were like, oh, what's your favorite song? And he was like, well, you know, I like them all like the old stuff. Yeah. But he he couldn't he couldn't name a single song, but for the um, turnstiles, <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> um, 
But apparently, uh, I, I re- you remember a few years back, um, Neil Young was trying to come up with a device that was better than the iPod yeah. to yeah. for sound quality. I remember him. I remember in an interview like with MTV News or something in the 90s, how he was talking about, which he wasn't wrong, but how CDs were like, it's like the dark ages of media. Like they don't work. And he, like, he was like flipping out about how, how CDs suck so much. Well, I mean, you know what the thing do. is? I, yeah. They, they do, but, you know. Don't look behind you. Huh? <laughs> um, to the casual listener, like they, they, they can't tell the difference. No. Yeah, I agree. I have a great sound system at home. I listen. I prefer listening to stuff on vinyl if I can, yeah. especially if it was meant like modern music. I listen to it digitally because I assume it was meant it was mixed. It was meant to be heard digitally. But older stuff, if it originally came out on vinyl, I like to listen to it on vinyl. And so most of my Neil Young that I have is on vinyl. And mm. I think I can hear a difference. I don't know. I, I do know. I just, I like having the thing. Yes. The album otherwise, cover. Yeah. It's like, I have all the music in the world. Yeah. It's almost like too much for me, as opposed to when I go to my vinyl, I'm like, I flip through it and I go, Oh, I'll listen to this. Yeah. And I actually prefer the constraint of it. Yeah. And then I'm more likely to listen to the whole album. Right. You're not yes. going to flip through. Yeah. You're going to, you're, you're invested, which one is way or another. a different experience also. And, yeah. yeah, I also miss like the thrill of hunting for music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, I heard about this band and they're not easy to find and I have to go hunt it down. Right. At some obscure record store, you get it. And then it's it's also yours, too. And it's and again, I, I don't like to say like kids today or like it was it's, it was better back then because it's there's so many great things about being able to pull up any band anywhere you know so there's some great things but like it was just different back then where it was also like you i felt like i owned stock in a band and it was almost like my bragging rights it's like yeah i own nine rem albums so i am a bigger rem fan than you because you just have automatic for the people you know so it's like i'd feel guilty if i only had like one album or like like a greatest hits i was like oh i need to get more of these you know because you you felt like you owned it where now it's like it's just very passing i and I, th- I think that's why part of the reason people don't connect with bands as much because that these kids aren't spending their money going out, letting their parents drive them somewhere, or get, getting somewhere, buying a piece of music. Like, all right, you can pick one. Yeah. You have enough money for one album. Mm-hmm. Choose wisely. Yeah. But now I'm more likely with all the music I have on my computer, I'm more likely to just put my whole library on shuffle. Yeah, that's I what I do. Stuff more like it's radio. Yeah. Or like the jukebox. Yeah. It's yeah. like we've kind of gone back to just everything. Sing- yeah. Well, or if you're me, you'll just listen to Joe Jackson stepping out over <laughs> and over again all night. So if you if you go on YouTube, there's uh, Trump was just trashing Neil Young at all these rallies. Um, I thought this one was funny. So he, he says, you know, oh, you know, I, I, I used to be a big Neil Young fan and, uh, I, I, I went to the concert, you know, he, he played his songs. I, I, you know, I guess they're still good. And, uh, I, I, I went to the, I went to the concert and, uh, the next day I get a phone call. They, they say, Mr. Trump, it's, uh, Neil Young's on the phone. And I was like, who, who's that? Neil Young, who's even heard of him lately? And it was like, well, you just said you were at his concert last yeah, night. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? 
he's he's trying he was trying to say like oh he's this yeah. has been that you know it's been so long since he was relevant that i didn't even yeah. recognize that but it's like yeah then maybe don't lead with i was at his concert last, last night, night. <laughs> i did a neil young concert and the next day people were like boy that neil young concert was good and i was like who's neil young <laughs> person man camera tv <laughs> but he was he was trying i guess neil young was trying to get him to invest in that dumb uh that whatever sound whatever his ipod thing would have been neil yeah. pod yeah young pod. i did i do remember like they put out a video it was like neil young and bruce springsteen and billy joel was like 10 other you know like rock and roll hall of fame artists and they were trying to raise like a million bucks to to kickstart Neil Young's thing. And I just remember being like, oh, so. So Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young and Billy Joel need our money. Yeah. I'm like, why don't yeah. you just kick in? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just kick in money? Also, the man is a genius. But like if I'm going to purchase some high tech state of the art sound equipment, it's not going to be created by a guy who looks like he runs a, a disc golf course <laughs> right it's not it's not going to be the guy that was scared that elevators were taking over <laughs> right i saw an atomatic door at the grocery store and i was like it's over yeah the rise of the machines yeah so then so then when he started uh sparring with trump i thought this was interesting he he, he wrote an open letter to trump and I, you guys ever wrote an open letter, by the way? Uh, only to Trump. Okay, just to Trump. <laughs> he tried to play one of my tracks from my last comedy CD at his uh, rally. Yeah. And I told him, you got to pay to play, that off, buddy. Bubba. Um, so he writes his open... What's, what, he what wrote an open letter to Trump, and he said... <laughs> I can't tell if this is racist or not, but he said... Uh, our first black president was much better. Was a much better man than you. How's that racist? Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't figure out why he had to throw in our first black. Like, is right. it? Is he saying it, it, like even a black guy, even a black did better guy, better than you? Or, uh, or is it just the fact that he knows that Trump is racist, so that'll just get under his skin? You're like, why didn't he just say Obama? Yeah, why didn't he just say Obama or the right, or the right, guy yeah. before you? Yeah, forty four. I don't know, but he, he was like our first black president. He's yeah. like, even a lady president could do a better job than you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I couldn't I couldn't tell what I thought about. But then when he uh, when he started like warring with Trump, then uh, that's when all the the Trump supporters like they went and dug up like all the terrible shit Neil Young said over the years. Yeah. Like what? Um. <laughs> Sorry, can you hear that right now? No. Okay, good. There's they're doing work in my basement right now. They're construction work. Oh, it's, nope. Sorry. Yeah. What are they building down what there? What are they what are they building in here? Yeah. So I, I guess this was at the height of uh AIDS, the AIDS pandemic and yeah, AIDS, oh, I've heard this one. AIDS hysteria. So I'm I'm quoting here. Uh in a nineteen eighty five interview with Melody Maker, he said about the AIDS pandemic. You go to a supermarket and you see a faggot behind the fucking cash register. You don't want them to handle your potatoes. <laughs> this would be good thanks, lyrics thanks, to Neil. a Neil Young song. Yeah. I, just, I have so many questions. Is it like, 
Hello, you- cowgirl in the sand. Don't put those potatoes in your hand. <laughs> I don't want to get the AIDS. Yeah. Do you, do you think you think you're like coming home like with groceries? Like those better not be those goddamn AIDS potatoes. <laughs> I think you're called sweet potatoes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, and, and again, it's yeah, it's it's like what? It, I mean, I guess it was different times, but it's like, what do you th- like? It's not like he was overheard saying that. Like, a man from a magazine <laughs> asked him a question. He's like. I got an answer for you. This, this, this one will clear the record. Yeah. So Neil, what's your favorite album? I'll tell you something. I was yeah. at the grocery, grocery store the store, other day. Yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> um, On this harvest moon. <laughs> he also he also said in the same interview that uh, I have to figure out how to word it. He said he said that. He, he didn't say he believed. Wait, this is the same interview or a different? Same one? same interview, okay. I guess, on the topic there. on the topic of AIDS. He said that some people believe that uh, it was God's way of telling us not to butt fuck each other. Right. Yeah. Which again Which is- just seems so weird coming from the guy that wrote like "Teach Your Children." <laughs> yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Like he's on that. Yeah. It's it, like where's that blind spot? And I. Again, I guess it was different times, but it's just like, didn't he see that episode of Mr. Belvedere? Like, it, like he should have, he should have known better. Is what I'm saying. I guess, but I mean, like, we like him because he could play the guitar good. Yeah, yeah, because he's right, smart or whatever. You know, like I don't know. I w- I think that anytime somebody's famous, and then they say something that we're like, how could they think that? I'm like, well, this guy's famous for playing basketball good. That doesn't yeah. mean all his opinions are good or correct has to be super enlightened right yeah you know yeah, i, I mean? don't have to be aligned with everything this dude thinks but no but it is it is just weird for somebody that wrote so many songs about protest and empathy and right. caring and loving that's mm-hmm. true yeah. Can, yeah. can have blind spots like that yeah um, the guy who did so much coke that you could see it in his, <laughs> in his that, nose that it delayed that guy's got some weird it delayed opinions. a movie release I wouldn't think, but well, I don't know. You'd think someone that did that much cocaine would be more open-minded. Yeah. But, well, you know, know, he did He did a lot of good. Like that song, you know, you know, Needle and the Damage Done. Like yeah. for years, I was on the fence about heroin, if it was good or bad. <laughs> and then I heard that. I was like, okay, Neil, thank you. Yeah. Can I just say something? That's the song, Ohio. Yeah. Where he goes, four dead in Ohio. Ohio. I feel like if you heard that song today, you're like, only four? Yeah, just wow. That's not so bad. Four Is wouldn't even song about it. Hardly seems worth it. Yeah, four wouldn't even make the news today. No. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Four dead in Ohio. We did it. Like that's like <laughs> like the governor's tweeting out. Hey guys, four dead today. They got the dead counter. They're yeah, like, four. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, that's like. Um, did you guys watch the? Uh, did you watch the Woodstock '99 documentary? Not yet. Oh. The the yeah. guy said the uh, the guy, the promoter at the end of it, when he was addressing uh, all the rapes and assaults that happened, he was like, look, uh, we had 250,000 kids there. That's the size of a pretty big city. You know, <laughs> all listen, I, I wish that nobody had been raped. 
But when <laughs> when you've got that many kids, there's going to be some rapes. And thank God it wasn't a big number. <laughs> that's the promoter. That's that's the guy that made the money to make sure that everything went off safely. Right. And he put that publicly put that in the W column. He's like, look, compare us to Detroit. OK. And when you look at it that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, look at how many rapes ancient Rome had. We <laughs> we only had like six or seven. Woodstock 99 was not built in a day. <laughs> um, I did find uh, I found an album I was listening to today. You remember when he did that, uh, Doogie? Where, did you like the, the blue notes phase when he did this notes for you? I never. Oh, I know that. Yeah, no, I did not <laughs> like that. I know it, it was. It was uh, that. It was that was the first album. So he Doogie's he, a much more bigger fan of uh, Neil Young's thoughts on potatoes. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I'm he, like oh, Neil Young made music. I thought he yeah. just gave interviews. Yeah. <laughs> when when he left, he left Geffen after like four albums didn't sell anything, and he goes back to Reprise Records, and he does this album, this notes for you with this band, the blue notes, and they're kind of like just rock. And it's like a six piece horn section and it's got like some soul to it. And, um, the title track, this notes for you was, was all about, uh, anti-capitalism and how corporations were ruining music. And the video got banned from MTV because, he spoofed all of their sponsors oh, like that's Budweiser right. and Coca-Cola. Yeah. And he, he made this video lampooning all of these corporations and MTV bans it. And then it ends up winning video of the year. Um, but I saw he just released on that, on that archives uh, thing that he does where, where he puts out entire albums a few years back, they released a live album from him and the blue notes mm -hmm. called uh blue cafe or at the blue cafe. And um, it's like a rocking good album with a really hot horn section. Huh. And it's um, like as much of as much Neil Young music as there is out there. And as much as I love a lot of it, I wouldn't say any of it's like really fun, but yeah. this this just feels like a fun rocking live album. Yeah, it's called Blue Note Cafe. Yeah, from, Blue, from 2015. Yeah, but it was re it was recorded in like '87 and released. Yeah. Um. So I would I would recommend if you were looking for something of his that maybe you hadn't heard. That yeah. That's a that's a good point. That's I wish he had had a ska point. phase. This seems like it was so close. He could have <laughs> just gone a little further. I mean, he's still you know he's he's not done. You think he's going to release the Sky album next? I I don't think so, but I mean, like a maybe like a dubstep uh, thing, CSMY dubstep. Fun. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. The next concert you go, you and your cousin go to at Madison Square Garden. He's like, all right, yep, play my new album. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's all Sky. You know yeah. what? If he had played his whole new Sky <laughs> album, I like that. Sounds like it would have been fun. <laughs> It'd be fun. Yeah. It's not you know, a rock opera a, about a, the a rock opera about the environment. And then and then you read reviews about the album and they were like they loved it. They were like, Really? Oh, it's like 
they were like, the writing is on par with Steinbeck. And Jeez. I just remember thinking like, yeah, whoever went to see Steinbeck at the Garden. Steinbeck in concert. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to hear the Grapes of Wrath at the yeah. Garden. I fucking, I want to hear Cinnamon Girl and Southern Although Man. if you went, okay, if you went, like, let's say you didn't know much about Liter literature or music or literature and you went and you heard that there was an opening band called the grapes of wrath yeah like that sounds like a badass metal band like you're like these guys are gonna be it's gonna be like guar yes melvin's grapes yeah. of wrath yeah yeah um, the old man in the sea yeah Ooh. Ooh. it was uh yeah it was the sound of the fury i'd go the i'd sound go see the a band fury. called the sound of the fury for whom the bell tolls for, yeah yeah. Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Of doom. <laughs> Sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> uh, it was it was probably the most excited I've been to see somebody followed up by the most disappointed I was. Uh, you, was there an opening them. band? No. Yeah. I don't think there was any opening band. Yeah. Um, That's rough. I'm sorry, Ken. Yeah, it was bad. I did. I did on an on an unrelated note, just because I know we're getting ready to wrap up. I want to say that um, if you if anybody's looking for some new music, I was at uh, I I was at the I live in Asbury Park, and uh, I was at the See Here Now Festival, which took place this past weekend, Saturday and yeah. Sunday. It's amazing. So there's three stages. They set up a stage on the north end of the beach and the south end of the beach. And then they set up a third stage uh, in a in a giant park about a block from the beach. And um, I saw some really great fucking bands. Uh, you heard of this band, Idols? No. I-D-L-E-S. I-D-L-E-S. They were, so I went to see them. The only thing I knew about them was that they have a song called Never Fight a Man with a Perm. I, I, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Okay. So that just shut up, Ken. Yeah. Sold. Sold. <laughs> so yeah. just based off the strength of this song title, I was like, I have to check this band out. And they were um, they were really hard rock. The lead singer kind of sounds like Bon Scott of eight okay. of the original uh, yeah. singer for ACDC. Mm -hmm. But the band is really heavy. Like parts of it sounded like like almost a mix between punk and tool. Okay. And this dude was one of the most energetic, exciting front men I've seen in years. Uh, oh, that's great. It was, I came home, I was listening to the music. The music's great, but like listen to a live album or go on YouTube and, and watch them live. Where, what's a, a show along those lines? What's a show that you've ever seen, either of you guys have seen, where you were just sort of, you weren't expecting much and then you were blown away? Whether it was like a, band that you knew that you weren't expecting or just like came out of nowhere like i saw I, I, like i'll, I'll start I, there's two of them i can remember first of all i saw this is ridiculous but i took my wife then girlfriend to see the gin blossoms uh -huh. not expecting much and they it was one of the most fun shows i've ever been to and they were amazing and they were fun and they were great uh and then i saw the hives at the made in america festival in philly in 2012 and they were that they're just crazy and like their antics and, and like they were great and they just put on and it was a side stage and they just just had an audience in the palm of their hands and it was just i didn't know what to expect going in and they were amazing how, how about you guys i would say the most surprised i've ever been i went in i guess like my expectations i'm sure were, yeah yeah 
were right. high, but uh, I saw Tom Petty, and yeah. um, it was. I've seen hundreds of concerts. It was the closest thing I think I've ever seen to Beatlemania. Like people were absolutely going bonkers for him. Yeah, like, I thought I thought people were going to start passing out in the aisles, and then I was like. And you forget it's just, oh, every single song is a song you know and a hit. You're like, oh, I forgot he oh, I forgot he wrote that. Yeah, Tom Petty has like 10 big hits. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, he's got 30 yeah. big hits. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw him a second time and I was like, well, that must have been a fluke because no audience can love anything that much. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him the second time and it was the exact same way. Like it was... uh and he sounded great, and I, I guess I went in thinking he was going to sound great, but just looking around at how people were reacting, I was like, I never would have guessed this would be the guy that uh, blew people away more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I saw the, I'm going to say 2005, six-ish, I saw the Black Crows open for Petty in Camden, and mm-hmm. it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was great. Hmm. How about you, do do, do any... Uh, Anything that like jumps out at you? Favorite concert or one that really surprised you? I used to work at a rockabilly bar in Glenside called the Blue Comet. Oh, I've eaten there before. Yeah. And every Sunday they'd have rockabilly and they were always great shows. It was a real little bar. Um, but the one night Brian Setzer was playing there and it was so crowded. It was wall to wall. People were standing on the table, standing on the bar. And I watched from the kitchen the kitchen was right behind the stage and so i climbed up like the stage wall and i was watching from over the wall Mm -hmm. and i was so close that the drum the cymbal was maybe like six inches from my nose that's how packed it was yeah and he rocked people were flipping out it was so packed and then the band stopped and he just played Sleepwalk by himself on the guitar. Yeah. And it was totally quiet. And then he went from Sleepwalk into Here Comes the Sun. And then the band started up again. And it was a, it was a great concert. And I didn't, you know, I didn't expect much. And it was not a huge venue. Either yeah. yeah. You could only fit, I don't know, yeah. 100 people. Oh, in that place, like place. Hats. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which, I mean, all right, not to take anything away from you, Doogie, but literally for 30 or 40 years he has been telling people that he rocks towns inside and out he does yeah like he literally he literally sings constantly about how he rocks specific towns yeah and that he rocks them inside and out and outside and you did not heed that advice or you're like i don't believe i thought it was just a song i thought it was just lyrics i didn't think he meant it yeah maybe start listening to lyrics more doogie he warned us he was telling you yeah um, I saw uh, Stevie Nicks headlined the show Saturday night. So it's cool. Like you're just standing on the beach. Yeah. And uh, st- I'd never seen Stevie Nicks and it was very cool. She sounded amazing. Like her voice hasn't changed at all. Yeah. But she's 75 and she can't move around the way she used to. So that was a little like, you know how she used to twirl? over and over she would twirl like 50 times in a row in that video so like she just she stands in place walks around the stage a little bit and then at the end of one song she twirled around once and the place went fucking bananas (laughs) oh my god stevie twirled and it to me it felt sad because it was a little like 
Oh, like that's what I do with my daughter when you're trying to encourage her and, and right. you're being playful. Yeah. It felt like, oh, look at Stevie. You could still twirl Stevie. <laughs> but um she sound she sounded incredible. And uh I also saw this band. I don't know if I sent them I don't know if I sent you the link chip, but I loved them and I didn't I didn't know anything. I like going in, I was like, ah, this is a gimmick. But they're a band called the Surfer Jets. And it's okay. No, you can say that. It's four girls out of Toronto, uh-huh. and um, all they do is surf rock instrumentals. And That's they cool. were they were one of the most fun, like charming band. And then you're on the you know it helps being on the beach and having the sure. ocean right there. But they did a couple covers, like they cover Blondie's "Heart of Glass," they cover "Toxic" by Britney Spears. And, um, but it's all just surf rock instrumental versions. That's great. And I was like, I could have watched it. They played for an hour and I could have watched two hours of it. Yeah. And say their name again. The Surfer Jets. Surfer Jets. Okay. Like Suffragettes, but Surfer. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Speaking of Stevie Nicks, you guys know John Cancel? Sure. Philadelphia comedian. Very funny. Yes. He has a joke where he says, uh, you know how, like, if you go see, uh elvis impersonator in las vegas they're really good yeah if you go see an elvis impersonator uh who's from atlantic city they're a little less good yeah he said i dated a stevie nicks impersonator which from is true trenton <laughs> oh that's great i yeah. can't even imagine trenton, there's trenton a big stevie demand impersonators and yeah I, I can't imagine there's a big demand in Trenton for Stevie Nicks impersonators. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I don't know. Our first black president liked the Stevie Nicks impersonator. Yeah, not you, Doogie, but our first black president did. Jeez. Dude, what kind of man are you? Libra. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Speaking of what kind of man you are, uh, how about you tell the good listeners what kind of man you are, where they can find you if they like you as a man, where to see your show again and anything. You've got books out there. You've got uh, albums. Just, just give, take a moment. We're probably going to edit it out, but take a moment. <laughs> well, I'll be at Helium Comedy Club on September 28th at 8 p.m. recording my next album, Dad Max. You can listen to my first album, A Delicate Man, on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your music. You can follow me online at Doogie Horner and you can check out my website, doogiehorner.com where you can see all my books, read some comic books, watch mm-hmm. videos, have a blast. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner and uh, tell them about my favorite Christmas book. A Die Hard Christmas. Yeah. So that I wanted to ask you about that. So you, you may, it's, it's a, it's a coloring book. No, I did a Die Hard coloring book too. Oh, okay. I have a lot of Die Hard stuff. Um, but yeah, I did a diehard coloring book and then I also did a diehard Christmas, which is like a kid's book version of diehard mashed up with the night before Christmas. It's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. That sounds great. And, but yeah. you also got like, you, you're not like bootlegging it, right? Like, didn't you get it licensed or like you have permission? Oh yeah. No, it's licensed. Yeah. You can't, it's not bootleg. Yeah. I cannot get sued. It's legal. Yeah. And I also have a novel you can check out. This might hurt a bit about teenagers growing up in the 
Woods, Pennsylvania. Got all sorts of stuff. Look at it right there off my bookshelf. It will make you cry. It's a very sad. (laughs) (laughs) To the only mom, the only man I've ever loved. I'll be honest with you. This was I. uh, I read this towards the beginning of the pandemic, and it's a. Would you call it a YA novel, young adult? Is that it was marketed as a as a YA novel because the main character is a teenager. I mean, I just thought of it as a coming age coming of age story. It's it, it's it's really great. It was one of the, my favorite books I've read over the pandemic. Oh, thanks, Chip. Yep. I only read two though. What, what was the other one? Uh, the uh, Night Before Christmas, Die Hard. <laughs> I only read those two books. No, but it is it's a great book. Uh, I, I I really enjoy. It. Highly recommend it. All right, Chip. Ken, uh, where can uh, the good people find you? Um. Oh, I will be. Uh, Tomorrow, Wednesday, the 21st, I will be at Stage Tavern with the great Bonnie McFarlane in Mountainside, New Jersey. Uh, you can go to their website for tickets or you can get them at the door. And then um, October 7th and 8th, I'm at the Comedy Cove in New Jersey with Dave Lando. Nice. Nice. That's all I feel like looking at. What about you? Uh, always find me at Chip Chantry uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have any uh, Vermonters out there, any Vermont people. I'll be at the uh, Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington on October 6th through the 8th with the one and only Todd Glass. Mm, I heard that's an awesome club. People tell, club. people tell me that's like one of their favorite clubs. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Really nice crowds. Uh, so I'll be there the, October 6th through the 8th with Todd Glass. And uh, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, if you're in the suburbs of Philly, I will be on October 22nd. I will be at the Sellersville Theater opening for the one and only Gary Goldman. Uh, oh, so nice. Gary Goldman at the Sellersville Theater on October 22nd. Two really fun shows. Look at you. I Look did hear Gary is doing a rock opera about the environment, though. So, you know. Oh, God, save your fi- money. Fire be warned. Yeah. I was so mad about that. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. But it's all worth it because now you have a hit podcast that you can talk about. <laughs> I've got a, a, a runaway monster hit podcast. Yep. Juggernaut. As it were. <laughs> so and I'll always follow us at rock and roll pod on uh, on Twitter and uh, yeah, and, and, and like and subscribe. Uh, I think we're getting some some listeners. We had there was a little uh, we figured I think we figured. Did we ever figure it out? It, we I don't know. what ha- We, we disappeared just, off iTunes for a week. Which, yeah. And then uh, came back. Which hurt the yeah. numbers. But now we're back. It, maybe that was sort of like our Neil Young 80s era. I was actually going to say that. Is that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. We were just uh, we were just in the, you know, in the wilderness. Yeah. We're back, baby. We're back. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. 